Well, this morning we do celebrate the birth of our Lord. You know, we sing that song, Noel, and when you say the words Noel today in our time, we just equate that with Christmas. But it goes back, all the way back to a Latin word that just means birth. And that's what we're celebrating today is the birth of God's Son. It is His birthday. And so, happy birthday, Jesus. Amen. But it is that day that we celebrate because it is about giving. It is first and foremost about the giving of God's Son. And you know what? We celebrate His birth with giving. It's joyful. It's exciting. It's something that we look forward to all year. Well, at least if you're a kid. No, no, we all do. We all look forward to that every year. And certainly it has been uh, abused and oftentimes by others turned into something that it was never meant to be. It's been commercialized. But at the same time, it's appropriate, I think, that we give gifts to celebrate the greatest gift, the giving of God's Son. You know, the wise men did when they came to worship Him. That was part of of their worship was that they came to give gifts to Him. Down through church history, you see over and over again where people would give gifts to the needy. They would give gifts to strangers and to their neighbors and to their loved ones. And how wonderful it is this time of giving as we celebrate the birth of God's Son. You know, when you shop for a loved one, finding the perfect gift can be quite a challenge. I mean, you got to fight through all the crowds and all the traffic, and it, it takes time and effort and money. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I've, I've walked through the mall four times and still couldn't find what I thought would be the perfect gift. I've spent countless hours on the internet. That's a little better, but it couldn't even become quite the task. But you see, finding the perfect gift is especially hard for me because I have to find it half off. (laughs) Those of you that know me well, you know that's not a joke. It's it's like a sport for me, you know. I'll drive an hour to save two (laughs) dollars. Although I readily acknowledge that I am not even in the league with those Black Friday shoppers who have turned it into a blood sport. (laughs) Sometimes literally, right? But finding the perfect gift, it's worth all the struggle and the trouble if you could just find that perfect gift. The perfect gift. God has given us the perfect gift. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The perfect gift is him giving himself for us. He didn't have to, but he chose to. Why? Because he loves us and he wants us to be with him for eternity. The greatest gift ever given, the gift of God's son. The perfect gift, it's... Well, 
For a lost world, it's a savior. For all of us born in the sinful human condition, it's a redeemer. For the sick, it's a healer. For those who are bound, the perfect gift is a deliverer. The perfect gift for all of us is Emmanuel, God with us. What an amazing gift. The Apostle Paul says it well in 2 Corinthians 9.15. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know, you can buy a great toy for a child, and in just a few minutes, they have abandoned the toy, and they're playing with the box. I mean... Anybody that's had kids, you have, or you will experience that sooner or later. They're more interested in the box that came in than the toy. Not unlike some believers who get all wrapped up in some form of religion and are no longer captivated with the gift of the one who gave himself for us. I'll tell you, we need to ever be thankful for this Indescribable gift. Indescribable. You know, the King James Version there, it says, unspeakable gift. Unspeakable. In the original Greek text, it's unutterable. It is literally no words. There are no words that God would give us such a gift. This is what we celebrate on Christmas, that we have been given a gift, that there are not even words to describe, not words to begin to express what it is. It's amazing. How, how could we ever get to the place where we are no longer enamored and just totally in love with the one who gave such an unspeakable gift for us? That God would ransom us from Satan's realm by the giving of his son. There are no words. Love was the motivation. God so loved the world. And I would remind you this morning, God loves you. He loves you more than you can imagine. Paul prayed for the Ephesians in 3... 17 through 19, he says that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't think that we could ever fully grasp it with our minds. He says it surpasses knowledge. Oh, but we need to understand it with our hearts. We need to know that we know that we know that our Heavenly Father, He loves us so very much. How could we ever doubt it? He loves you. And every Christmas should remind you of this truth, that He has proven His love for you in the perfect gift. The end result of that gift is that if we believe we're going to spend eternity with him. See, every Christmas should remind us of the greatest gift given because of the greatest need to the greatest end. 
Romans 6.23, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why it's so that we can have eternal life. You know, a lot of people uh, just kind of have a short view of eternal life. They think that that just means they're going to exist somewhere for eternity. Listen, everybody's going to exist somewhere for eternity. But Jesus defines, he explains what eternal life is for us in John 17, 3. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You see, it is through this perfect gift that God has given to us that we can truly know him intimately and personally. It is through this perfect gift that we can be with him for all eternity. And because of this perfect gift, oh, there's so many, so many blessings that have become available to us. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also freely give us all things? I want to tell you this morning, he loves you so much, there's not anything good that he would hold back from you. There's not anything that he wouldn't do for you. He has already given his son. What would he not do? I'm telling you, He loves you that much. And you need to remember, when you pray, you're praying to a Father who loves you, who wants to bless you, who wants to help you. I want to tell you, a lot of people in this world, they become disillusioned to God with God, and they're praying to a God who maybe will, maybe won't, doesn't really care. I'm telling you, our Father, He loves us. He has proven His love for us in the giving of His Son. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the occasion where somebody brought you a gift and you didn't have a gift for them. It's kind of awkward. I had that happen to me this week. Somebody brought me a gift. And all I could do was say thank you. Our Heavenly Father has given us the perfect gift. Wouldn't it be strange if others celebrated your birthday and everybody else got a gift except you? And so this morning, I want to ask you, what are you giving to Jesus for his birthday? Come on. Amen. <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody got their mind all twisted up. They're thinking, oh, that preacher, he's coming after our pocketbook. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're not getting off that easy this morning. <laughs> I'm just telling you straight up. Now, you know, I, I, I've, I've taught and said many times, yes, giving is part of our worship to God. And yes, we do that in obedience to God. But I, I just want you to understand that, that money is, is not much of a gift to a God who owns the universe. You know what I'm saying? He wants more. He wants more than just some money. And so when I talk about giving Jesus a gift... I'm not just talking about money this morning. I'm talking about something that's so much more. What would you give to him? You know, people talk about 
sometimes that, that certain people are hard to buy for. You know, they say, well, they have everything. You know, they're hard to buy for. Wow, is that ever true of the Lord? He has everything, right? He owns it all. 1 Corinthians 10, 26, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So what can we possibly give to God? I hear people saying, God needs me. It is ever the pride of man. I hear preachers preaching it saying, God needs me. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Acts 17, 25, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. I want to tell you, he needs nothing. He was God for all eternity by himself, and we cannot take away or add to the perfection of his person by what we do. No, he does not need us, but he has created us in his image, and we have a free will to choose to love and to choose to give. And that's what we need to do. He chose, he loved, and he chose to give. And we ourselves need to love him, and we need to choose to give of our very self. Amen. God created everything and needs nothing. What could we possibly give to him? His gift was the perfect gift, and he didn't get it half off. He paid the full price. Our gift to the Lord can't be half off either. What gift can we give to the one who gave his all for us? Surely, it would be that we give our all for him. I want to tell you, for me, that seems so imperfect. But I believe it pleases God when we give him when we choose to give him our life, we choose to give him our hearts. You know, his perfect gift involved sacrifice. He was born to die on the cross for us. And the perfect gift will always involve some sacrifice. In 2 Samuel 2, uh, 24, 24, David said, I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. I want to tell you this morning... I was bought at a price. I belong to him. I owe him everything. He has shown me such grace and such mercy that I do not deserve. He's worthy of my all. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. See, every day we ought to joyfully give Him the gift of our lives as a living sacrifice. In view of God's mercy. I like the way the NIV says this. In view of God's mercy. I mean, when we consider God's mercy, how could we offer Him any less than our lives as a living sacrifice. Jesus, he said, if we seek to save our life, we lose it. But if we lose our life for his sake, we find it. And here's what I want to say about that. You see, when we just live for ourselves, it's so empty. 
you lose it. But when we lose our life for his sake, when we're willing to lay down our life and just give it to God, to put it on that altar and say, God, here is my life, totally and completely. That's when we really find life. That's when we really experience the abundant life that he has for us. You know, we, we live our lives each and every day as a living sacrifice. It's not really hard to say that, and it's not even that hard maybe to intend to do it, but to carry it out sometimes is something else. And I want you to consider this example just to help us really grasp how this is supposed to be. You see, if your life was turned into a stack of 25,000 silver dollars, wow. And you could die for Christ and give it all to him at once. But not many of us will be martyred for Christ. Most of us are going to give him our life one coin at a time. One day at a time. That each and every day, today is another day that I give my life to him. Oh, it might, it might seem easier to just be a martyr, but I'm telling you, we've been called to be living sacrifices that every day we live our life as a gift to God. Amen. One day at a time. I wonder if we were to ask Jesus what he wants for his birthday. I, I don't really know, but I just wonder if he would say something like, love one another. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. I wonder if he would say, love this hurting, lost world. He does. God so loved the world. Yeah. I wonder if he would just tell us to love our neighbor. What could I do for your birthday, Jesus? Love somebody. Help somebody. You know, the commandment to love one another is, it's another one of those things that it's easy to say. And it's something that a lot of the time we have good intentions. And yet again, to carry it out is something else. So I want to offer this this morning. Maybe there is a kindness that you could show to someone in his name. I love the passage from Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. I think sometimes... It's just our human nature. We, we like to do for, 
those that we think are the best, those that we think are the deserving. But here he tells us plainly to do for the least of these. And I think that one of the ways that we can offer to Jesus a gift. He says, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Who is worthy of your kindness? Who's worthy of your time, your effort, your money? Jesus, when you did it to the least of these, he did it to me. Amen. He's mighty God. He has, he has need of nothing. What can we do for him? Help those in need. Love the unlovable. Be kind to those who don't deserve it. Visit the lonely. Care for the sick. Lift up the downcast. This is what we can do for Jesus. Hebrews 13, 16. We often quote Hebrews 13, 15 about the sacrifice of praise, but verse 16 says, Do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, sacrifices. See, there's always sacrifice involved in the perfect gift. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. The perfect gift involves sacrifice. Luke 21, 1 through 4, a story about giving. We are not taking an offering this morning. If you want to give, you're going to have to do that on your own. I just want to say. But hear this. Jesus. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said this, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. Jesus watched. I don't like anybody to watch my giving. Jesus watched. He still watches. Jesus watched as people put their gifts into the temple treasury. And he said, this poor widow has given the most. It certainly was not the amount that she gave. It was the sacrifice in what she gave. You may not feel like you have much to offer to Jesus. But it's whether or not we are willing to give of ourselves to Him, to give of what we do have? Are we willing to truly serve Him? Are we willing to work for Him? Are we willing to give our best? Because I want to tell you that is the gift that He notices. Our gift today, I guess it could be something that you give it might be something that we do. It might be something that we give up. It might be something that you put on that altar of sacrifice. And I, this morning, would challenge you, encourage you. Some of you, maybe at one time, 
You had laid your life on the altar. But at some point, you climbed off that altar. Here's the perfect gift this morning. You put your life back on that altar today. The perfect gift always involves sacrifice. It's a story about an African boy who gave his missionary teacher a very special seashell. I can't say that fast. I have to go slow. A very special seashell. And the teacher knew how special this seashell was because the only place that these shells could be found was a certain bay, and it was a long ways away. And he says to the boy, what a wonderful gift. It it must have been such a long journey for you to get this for me. And the boy's eyes just lit up. And he said, long walk, part of gift. And I want you to know something, that in this world, a lot of times, you know what? People don't know what you've been through. They don't know the blood, the sweat, the tears, that you've, the effort that you've put in. And that some of you parents, don't, your kids have no idea the sacrifices that you've made for them. I tell you, a lot of people have no idea the work and the preparation and the prayer that our children's workers and our youth workers have put in to what they do. Nobody has any idea about this worship team and the prayer and the effort, the practices, the hours that they put in in order to be able to lead us into the presence of God. But God always sees and He always knows. He sees every step of that journey. He hears every prayer. He stores them up. Isn't that amazing? He knows. And it's all part of the gift that we offer to him. And I want to tell you, you don't have to be rich. You don't have to have great abilities. It is the effort. It is the sacrifice And so often it's the simple obedience that matters the most. God sees. One of my favorite stories in the scripture is found in 2 Samuel chapter 23. I want to read it to you this morning. It says that three of the 30 chief men went down at harvest time and came to David at the cave of Adullam and the troop of Philistines encamped in the valley of Raphim, and David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew the water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate, and took it And brought it to David, nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, far be it from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Is this not the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he would not drink it. These things were done by the three mighty men. It is a story of deep 
devotion and loyalty and love. These men, these three mighty men, they would have done anything for David. They were willing to risk their lives for him. Not because his life was threatened. Just because he asked, he said, oh, that someone would bring me a drink from the well at Bethlehem. Such devotion. You know, if you or I were to look into that cup and somebody said, what do you see? We would have said, water. But David didn't see it that way. He saw it as the blood of those men. That they were willing to give their all. And he, he poured it out unto the Lord. And to some of us, we might think, oh, what a waste. Sometimes people think that about us when we're, you know, when we're just really crazy for Jesus and we make our decisions based on that. They think, what a waste. What a waste of that missionary that's on the field and they could have had a lucrative career here. What a waste. Oh. But David didn't waste it. He poured it out unto the Lord. He knew that he was not worthy of such a gift, of such a sacrifice. He knew that only the Lord was worthy of that kind of a gift and a sacrifice. And I want to tell you this morning that sometimes people just get caught up. I'm talking about believers. Just get caught up. And they waste their life on things that don't really matter in eternity. They pour their life out for a career, for money, for popularity, temporal things. And the only one who's worthy of that kind of sacrifice is the Lord. You pour out your life to Him. He's the one that deserves it. You know, David did not want these men to do this. That's evidenced by his response to them. It was just a longing. He just was thirsty and he longed for it, but it wasn't something that he wanted these men to do. But whenever I read this passage and I think about the Lord, I think about how that my Lord, it's not just a longing, but it is a command to us that he has told us as his people to go into all the world and preach this gospel. You see, this perfect gift that we've received, it's not just for us. we got to share this gift with everybody that we know. And he, listen, he wants us to do this. How wonderful it is when we get to have a part of bringing a soul to our Lord. I don't know. You know, I think it's a really personal thing. I don't know what your gift for the Lord should be this morning. Maybe it's a commitment that you would make. Maybe for some of you it's a rededication. Maybe for some of you it is 
to go out of here and do a kindness to someone who doesn't deserve it. I don't know. But I just know this, that he has given us his very best, the perfect gift. Stay with me. We're going to pray.